Hi everyone and welcome for module number 14 on faith. When those profound life events happen, there is one thing that holds us together like glue and it is faith. In this module, I'm not asking you to believe in a certain mythology or worship any religion. I am suggesting that you will enjoy a great freedom and strength through all life's difficult moments if you have a roadmap of faith. This personal mythology will create a luminous path of light on which you may travel with consciousness through all of life's darkest moments. As you know, I'm a minister of walking prayer and becoming a reverend for me was a really button-pushing experience. Like so many others, I had linked the idea of prayer and faith to religion, churches, the death of millions of empowered women, sexism, the deconstruction of the empowered feminine, child molestation, praying to something that had more power than you and in this action taking away your own power as co-creator. Every time someone said the word prayer in my training for the first three quarters of the training, I cringed. After all, my faith to that point had required no praying to anything. I'd called my practice intentionality, conscious co-creation, manifesting, these words felt more comfortable to me. But in all that energy projecting and focusing work, the divine masculine work, I was missing something so much greater, the true power of the divine feminine through real prayer and faith. No matter how enlightened we are, we do not know everything. Stuff will happen in our lives. We will experience confusion, feel lost and be unsure at times. This is a fact. What gives us grace through these messy moments is our faith. Faith is like lubrication as the mechanics of our life gears try to roll together. It makes them flow together more easily. We will never understand everything about the great mystery. This term describes the synchronicity of the universe that is beyond our comprehension. Many believe everything happens for a reason. Only the wisdom of the great mystery knows exactly why. Some believe we will fully get this comprehension on death during a life review of why we magnetized certain experiences when all becomes clear to us. But as a small fraction of our full consciousness dwelling in human form, we walk blindly, sometimes with hope, sometimes with armor, into an uncertain future. Never before in human history, both in our personal lives and as a global community, has faith been so important. I now understand that prayer is the practice of faith. Through being privileged enough to witness the sacred teachings and ways of elders and medicine people from more than 50 indigenous cultures around the world, I came to understand that prayer as it was originally practiced does not belong to a religion. As a practice, it also connects us to the divine. Rather than giving away our power, prayer is the conversation between us and all that is in whatever way this all-encompassing knowledge makes sense to us. As a co-creator, we converse with the great mystery through prayer. It focuses us and centers us. It humbles us. It strengthens us. It can keep us in the calm at the eye of any storm. It brings us to our center and it helps us to stay there. Because of religious aversion, which I have seen to be massive, especially in Australia, People start feeling nervous in social situations the minute I tell them I'm a reverend. People avoid prayer. We have had corrupted houses of prayer, science and materialism 
sometimes called realism, has destroyed our permission to engage in prayer. It is considered something mystical, irrelevant, and something that unintelligent people practice or being from backward old ways that are less progressed and belong in the old world. And yet the elders who pray to the salmon have increased their numbers in rivers that were once barren. As people focus on peace in a targeted and specific way through prayer, crime numbers drop in these areas. Prayer, when done right, can create tangible, visible results in the real world. There has never been a time in the world where the old ways were more needed. We have lost the soul of our culture. We are living without meaning and context. Prayer gives us this context. It fuels our faith. It anchors us to all that is. In its practice, we are reminded of what is important to us, where our personal meaning comes from and where it delivers us to. Each decision is easy when we run things past our personal experience of faith. The prayer conversation informs us. There is no right or wrong faith. You cannot believe in something that is incorrect. We are all here to experience an aspect of quantum possibility. Remember that this diversity is the point. After all, how can consciousness continue to expand if we don't explore every single possibility? So you can give yourself permission to have a unique faith model, one that feels entirely right to you. You can also stand next to your sisters and brothers in life on this planet and appreciate their unique lens without needing to argue about who is right. Here's how you can grow in week one. Have you ever given yourself permission to have a faith? In week one, I want you to simply consider what the words faith and prayer mean to you. Have you had experiences in your past that have helped you to form these associations? And then in week two, do you consider you are a person who has faith? In week two, I'd like you to put aside all versions of faith you've been exposed to. Let others' beliefs be theirs. What do you really believe in? I often hear people say to me that they don't know whether there is a God, but they do have a sense that something with greater understanding is orchestrating things, even if they don't know what they would call it. Faith is emerging and refining all the time. You don't need to know the entire picture or have all the answers. Just write down what you sense or feel at the moment is true for you about faith. You might consider what is behind that wisdom or if there is a rhythm to life. If things do happen for a reason, whether you understand it or not. Maybe you think everything is random and you believe in chaos theory, that things just happen. This is still a faith. Believing that nothing is orchestrating anything gives you a faith that for you, this is how things work. This is what faith really brings us, an instruction about how things work. So how do things work in your personal universe? For me, I believe that all that is is like an organism. We're all cells in this body of consciousness. We're all linked, all part of the one. We are constantly evolving, trying to understand ourselves better. This means that all systems of the body naturally want to help one another, as it helps the overall organism. It also means that we're always in motion. It means we are evolution in form. It means there are no rules. There is no defining boss consciousness nor superiority in the organism. We are all equal. We are all part of the universe and it is us. Each cell in consciousness has free will. 
We do what we choose. We experience what we will. This right cannot be taken from us by anyone, even by consciousness that is more aware than us. All energy in all that is, is accessible as we are never separate. This means I can always access information on anything. I'm always cared for by the organism I belong to. If something I do puts things out of balance, the organism compensates and self-corrects, just like the human body. Then we have a different experience, but we can never have a wrong one. We are all on this journey of consciousness and exploration together as one. We are all working together, growing together, held by love together. These beliefs form my map of faith. They allow me to operate in the world with several ideas. One of the most profound ideas that I operate in the world with is a belief in the innate good within the universe. I don't believe in evil spirits or evil energies. I believe we can experience these things if we wish to, but we don't have to. Therefore, they exist only when chosen by the human mind. They are not energies in themselves. I once had a conversation with a man who believed the opposite. In his universe, there was evil. There was an individual evil that hunted humanity and he experienced this frequently and even described experiences of possessions by evil spirits. He asked me how I could believe what I do when he had clearly had experience that proved to him that evil spirits were real. I said, because I believe in a quantum universe where all realities are possible, I do believe fully that you are having these experiences. They are very real for you. I then challenged him to consider that another reality of his choosing might feel better. If his map of faith was different, he would be navigating a very different reality. Another man I supported to wellness was convinced he was experiencing interdimensional beings who were overtaking his body and pushing him out. He came to me to get help to, in his words, get the aliens out. His experience was absolutely terrifying for him. Through redefining what he had faith in and the level to which free will affected things, he changed his experience completely. His body was finally claimed as his home. No one chooses reality for us. We get to choose the beliefs we have faith in. Accepting this opportunity and responsibility, we can define our experience. Think about your own beliefs. Do they serve you? Are they bringing you all you hope and want for? I once helped a young woman who was being held stuck in a belief by her perceived superior. She was visiting with a spiritualist medium who ran a spiritual church in Sydney. I'd been asked to come along to take part in a group healing for this young woman who was experiencing possession according to the spiritualist medium. As we encircled her and channeled healing, I saw the exterior of the experience that an apparent entity entered her and she began writhing in pain and was cursing at us and speaking in tongues and putting on quite a show. This is what it appeared like from the outside. On the inside, there was a whole other agenda going on to do with faith. The young girl had total faith in the minister. She had been told she was possessed by an evil spirit and believed this to be true because of her faith in the minister. The minister had a framework of faith that allowed for the existence of evil spirits. I later found out that the minister's mediums were not very accurate and she needed something to make her church interesting because her platform mediums were not drawing crowds for her. This young girl had been sexually abused as part of her healing process. This soul fragment was coming back 
to be integrated because she was ready to be empowered enough to process the hectic feelings around her experience. However, when she was told by the minister that this was an evil spirit, her healing process halted and sadly she became a show pony for the minister's agenda. If you ask these people whether their experiences were real, they absolutely were. What they didn't understand was that their faith and their belief in their faith is what made their experiences real. If this young woman did not believe in evil spirits or in the minister's authority to tell her what her reality was, she would not have had the experience of having an evil spirit. Her faith in the minister caused her to have this experience. Faith can drag us through terrible experiences if our faith is warped by agendas we're not aware of. For this reason, I invite you to question your faith. I implore you to always check in with what you are putting your faith in. Is it psychologically healthy? Does your faith cause you to live in a world more alive and beautiful? If not, you may be constructing a personal universe that is less than the ecstatic experience you deserve. Is there a different way of experiencing the world? See if others exist that are more enriching to your experience. If there are, adopt those beliefs instead. Reality is fluid. You will experience the reality you have faith in. So always make sure your choice of faith is serving you, not depleting you. And if you are choosing a faith that causes you to chase demons, ask yourself why you might choose this. What is the agenda? Perhaps it is to prove our worth or power or to feel special or gifted. Maybe we need to be needed as we never were. There are always agendas behind these kinds of choices that when fully acknowledged allow us to be free of pain forever. You cannot give yourself love until you acknowledge you seek it. Continue to grow in week two. In week two, really deepen your awareness of what you have faith in. Challenge any beliefs in your faith that don't bring you good experiences or that make you feel bad. Come up with a blueprint of your faith, knowing it is perfect if it is uniquely yours. No other's journey is exactly the same as our own, so their faith will always be different to ours, even if it shares some small things. Be unique and don't try and be like others or believe you should have certain things in your faith. What is it really for you? Please write this down. Make it somewhere you can always find it and see it like seriously highlighted in your journal or create a poster for your wall in your sacred space. I used to have a framed picture on my wall with an A4 page filled with these words. It gave me great strength whenever my faith was wavering or when a life experience was particularly difficult to walk through. Now, here is the final component of what makes faith powerful, and that is prayer. If the word prayer weirds you out, then substitute it for the word practice. Our faith must be practiced. If it is not, it holds no power to assist us. For example, I believe I create my own reality. So when something untoward is happening that is causing me to have an experience, I would probably not prefer to be experiencing. I must ask myself why I created this. My faith says that I create my reality, but then I go around blaming the universe or other people for what I create. Then I'm disempowered. When I step up and claim my responsibility of what I have created, then I can be empowered to change it. When bad things happen, it is easy to have a temper tantrum and to feel like projecting, and it is of course okay to have moments when we are just processing feeling. However, always remember, 
Prayer in practice informs us we must always reorient ourselves to the practice of our faith. If we do not, it is not our faith. If we fake faith, then we are disempowered. To be empowered, our faith must be absolute. Yet, it is not always so, and this is another thing we must recognise and navigate. The most confusing time is when our faith is evolving. I remember the stage I went through when my first guide changed. I had faith this guide would always be there, and then they were telling me others would be working with me. I didn't know that happened, that guides changed, and it rattled me for a long time. I remember when I discovered that guides were only sub-personalities of my higher consciousness I was ready to awaken to. I had been, in essence, talking to myself for a long time. I didn't understand this was necessary until we accepted the divinity within. Again, my faith was shaken. Something I held as so fundamental was shifting. At times, your faith will be evolving. These times are often really difficult. The universe you exist in is no longer the same. The rules of your matrix have shifted. Whilst our faith is absolute most of the time, we must also let it evolve. If we become fixated, dogma in any form will only help us to remain stuck. Recognize times of faith change. Often they are referred to as dark nights of the soul. I like the definition one of my mentors gave me years ago that it's like being in God's mouth. It's all dark in there and you don't know where you are, but trust you're in a safe container and when it's time you'll get spat back out and you will be new and so will the world around you. One of my most profound experiences of this was when I completed my Kundalini dance teacher training. For a couple of weeks, we were on a property on the Tambourine Mountains in Queensland, Australia, a very high vibrational place, eating beautiful vegan food, dancing for sometimes up to 14 hours a day. When I returned to the world after this experience, I'd gone through such a profound inner shift of faith and awareness, I was completely ecstatic. At the airport, the colours were brighter, the sounds were sharper, even my senses were having a profound new experience of reality. When faith shifts, we are anew. Remember this next time you're entering that lovely crystal cave of God's mouth. You'll emerge so much stronger and more awake. With faith, we must not be scared of transition. We can't hide in the mouth, afraid of change, afraid of what will be as we exit with newness. Again, our faith can define how we relate to this change. If we know we need to go somewhere within ourselves, just jump in. Try on the new way of being. The worst thing that can happen is we decide it doesn't fit and throw off this new way like a coat that wasn't the right size. When you follow your way, nothing can take you from this right path. You are personally orientated around what is best for your being. This is how the life principle encourages you to emerge and blossom and be in the highest state of life force possible for you. It will always support you as you make steps toward this. Own your authentic and unique self. Let others own theirs. Does your faith move you towards life? Does it fill you up with life? Does it remind you of this essence of life force within you? In our modern world, it is easy to get distracted from our faith. Sometimes we need to meditate to unplug from technology and commitments of a material world. Sometimes we need to look at flowers to contemplate our own blossoming. Perhaps we need to move our body in one form or another to remember we are pure energy. For us, perhaps we need to sit in a building or a room dedicated to our faith. 
Maybe we need to gather with faith friends and sing our beliefs so we can remember them. Maybe we need to make choices in each moment to practice this faith. Practicing faith and prayer has been shown clinically to reduce cortisol levels. In a modern day world when so many physical illnesses are caused from stress, we need to regularly practice our faith for our own well-being. We need to dial in to connection by whatever name we call it. We need to create and hold space for the conversation. We need to tell it how we are by first recognizing how that is through time taken for presence. We need to understand the greater mysteries of our lives through this sacred conversation stillness affords us. In these conversations, we have our fears heard. We become inspired, find clarity, and have our worries alleviated with understanding. We can even lend our energy to something useful, whether it is non-violence, returning salmon to a stream, or some other cause we wish to be of service to. This sacred prayer practice gives us a place to use our energy when it's at its most potent, when we are in full presence. Prayer is the space, the action time of full presence. In states of prayer, we acknowledge ourselves as part of the conversation of consciousness, whether this is through elaborate ritual to prepare our psyche or a moment's intentional breath, prayer is powerful. When our faith is aligned with our deepest authentic self. How do you practice faith? How do you stay centered in it? How do you remind yourself of your strength your faith brings you? What actions keep you centered in your faith? Here are some ideas I've heard from clients and students over the years about how they practice faith and prayer. They do personal development classes. They do rain. They meditate, practice Tai Chi, do Kundalini Yoga, Pilates, Asana Yoga or other forms. They practice knitting. They do Kundalini dance or Chakra dance. They go skydiving. They make love or practice Tantra or other sacred sex rituals. They do food preparation as sacred. They sleep. They practice dreaming, both asleep and dreaming the world awake. They practice transmediumship or channeling, healing self or others, dedicating funds to causes, kindness and acts of compassion, random acts, affirmations, use oracle or tarot cards, practice forgiveness. They practice the Ho'oponopono. They practice tapping, NLP, being in nature, sports activities, working with love, backpacking or traveling, driving cars for others, financially supporting others, giving time, chakra balancing, shadow healing, past life healing, bone cedar epigenetic healing, corporate soul infusions, rites of passage, ritual ceremonies, the practice of fully being, motherhood, purpose, massage, singing, drinking water, showering, dieting, tree surfing, surgery, radio announcing, TV show delivery, multimedia making, generosity, gifting, charities, financial portfolio management using astrology, psychic abilities or soul coaching, helping others, helping self, self-love, hitchhiking, taking reasonable risks, tree hugging and helping animals die after being hit by cars. These are just some of them that I can remember off the top of my head. People find ways to practice their personal meaning in life in so many different flavors. What are yours? What are the ones you must practice all the time? What are the ones you can practice some of the time?
How often? For example, you might try practicing loving kindness in every moment and you might have a retreat you do once a year where you go away for a week or two and you let yourself be filled up without giving anything. Consider how you can reinforce your faith through practice. What does this look like for you? Here's how you grow in week three. In week three, begin this practice of what the ancient ones called prayer. Let me explain the meaning of this as I now understand it. Prayer as we discuss it here is not connected to religion. You don't have to believe anything to practice prayer. Prayer is the act of moving in the world in a sacred way, in constant connection with the consciousness of all that is. Each moment invites this dialogue, a dialogue that supposes we are not alone, but part of a magnificent mechanism called life. As we move within this life force, we are like the salmon in the river, called to follow a movement pattern. This is the global consciousness as it is affected by all that is. By listening to this invitation, we are as in tune as the salmon in the river who know where and when to go to procreate and bring more life into the world. This is prayer, the conversation, the willingness to know we are part of something bigger. We are always working to understand. As we have this conversation, we let the feelings, knowings and guidance lead us to our good. We follow the knowing. We sense where we belong and how we fit into the currents that guide us. We sense the direction we need to be heading in. We trust where we are going is right for us, even if it is different from others' pathways. Prayer does not mean we have the answers, but we are always in the conversation to find them. We do not stand in the world as victims of our story. Instead, we know our story has shaped us and what sometimes we attracted, but it does not define us. The future is ours to create from empowerment. Through our prayer practice, we move beyond being affected by life and instead know we are co-creating it. In this way of walking, we can respect others whose faith does not harm. We can walk in the world cohesively. We can coexist like cells in a giant body of consciousness where the cells do not attack each other. We recognize the oneness to which we belong. To attack others is to attack ourselves. Therefore, our faith only requires us to be inclusive of all that is also inclusive. We can reject what is not inclusive. We can have that opinion. We can recognize that when life is the primary objective, all is inclusive. All in nature supports all else to grow. What is unhealthy or overbearing or invasive is destroyed, usually by itself or others who recognize this unhealthy way. True prayer in practice enhances our life force and the life force in the world. Make sure your practice feels this way and if it doesn't, change the practice or the aspects of your faith that feel life-destroying or draining. Hear what I'm saying. We are not bystanders. We're not meant to be. If something violates life as the primary objective, then it cannot exist in this system for life to continue. If this means you need to cull some invasive weeds out of your own life, have the courage to do so, whilst at the same time recognising that each is entitled to diversity. You don't need to make war to have peace. Just put your energy into things, people and experiences that affirm the life force principle within you. Begin to act as your faith in the world, through meaningful actions and reactions. Practice your prayer. Live the meaning you believe in. Look for it everywhere. Recognise it. Watch yourself walking in the world. Are you acting as you need to, to live your prayer? Do you honour your faith? Do your thoughts serve your prayer, your practice of your faith? 
for your emotions inform you. You are living congruent with your faith. Strong negative emotions can tell us when we're out of alignment with our faith. If you experience these, see if you're being alerted to an incongruence in your behavior, actions or thoughts, or whether your map of faith is not quite fitting your growing authentic self. Bring things back into alignment. After a week, notice how this feels. Does it make you feel stronger, more resolute, impenetrable? How did you handle normally stressful situations? Was it different? I had a beautiful example of this recently that I can share with you. One of my deepest, most important parts of my faith is about practicing loving kindness and forgiveness. I believe in my relationships this is especially important to try and help those I love become the very best version of themselves as I always do appreciate when they hold me with this loving integrity also. However, since I had a child, there's been this underlying anger within me. I'd read that sleep deprivation could cause anger simply from not having enough resources and for a time put it down to that. However, as the sleep began to build up for me again, I noticed I was still angry. I was constantly stacking, particularly in relation to my thoughts about one person in my life. There was a victim-blame conversation that never ceased. Part of me was really angry at them all the time and I often said things I felt were really mean and regretted afterwards. This wasn't easing with the sleep increasing but seemed to be accelerating. So the first chance I had, I sat with my thoughts on this. The universe provided me with some information I didn't have previously. Turns out this person has tendencies of Asperger's syndrome. What I was perceiving as a choice not to be fair or give evenly was actually an incapacity to. Like someone expecting me to speak Spanish when I don't know how to, this was not a skill the person has. One of my prayer practices caused me to have this understanding by asking for guidance about my anger, listening to what information came to me, the conversation with the sacred, listening to the sacred within myself as it relates to this new information, and then processing it by taking some super conscious time to really listen to all parts of myself. As I sat in this sacred space of listening to my deepest needs, I also recognized some of my own responsibility to take care of myself and to know this person cannot give me what I need in some areas of my life. Instantly, 20 years of unconscious, underlying resentment and anger totally left me. A new level of relaxation and peace washes through me and my relationship with this person has changed completely for the better. This is the power of prayer. When we sit deeply and honestly with the sacred in ourselves and we listen to the sacred in the universe, we can have a profound conversation where our hopes, prayers, are answered with conscious understanding. In a way, prayer practice is like conscious hoping, where the hoped-for outcome always comes, but not usually in the form you expected it to. This experience is so different from the idea of prayer that we think of when we hear this word today. However, the elders of the original people whose cultures predate the arrival of our modern religions all have ways of prayer and these ceremonies and ways of relating to Star Nation or Great Spirit or Pachamama and the thousands of other names they all came up with to describe that same wisdom-filled energy they were all in dialogue with show us a way to live that is sacred and connected, something the world desperately needs to understand right now. The practice of your faith is essential for you. It is a lifelong commitment. Start recognizing the sacred in this way in your life and your life will feel sacred indeed.